Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. All right, here we go. We are back doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 94. Uh, It's been five Canuck games since we last talked. And we had a little hope and good feeling last time we talked. I don't think I said it out loud last time, but I had faith when they were going to LA that they could probably play well and beat them. And they did. And then they played Vegas, Colorado, Vegas, and Washington. And uh, we got a couple other small league bits of news we'll discuss, but uh, we'll start it off as always with some Canuck stuff. Yeah. And so, I mean, the Canucks had a good week. Like it was fun to watch them play well I think you know you take out the first Vegas game third period it's definitely like the best consecutive stretch of play the Canucks have had um and I mean I guess the reason why I'm not overly excited about it is because I think we all knew that it was gonna happen I just did not expect it to be that week against those teams um in particular, I thought their game against Colorado was really good uh, as a full team effort. I thought they looked very good in that game. And then Vegas, I thought they looked kind of tired again, but uh, they were able to get the win. Like Patterson's line really kind of drove them to victory in that game, I felt like. Uh, but again, it's just like, I don't really know. I still don't really know what the Canucks are. Are they good? Not really. Are they terrible? No. So they're in this weird, like, mushy middle. And, I mean, outside of the fact that I can really say that Pedersen is coming into his own as, like, a complete superstar, which is really fun to see. And on both ends of the puck as well. Like, the one shorthanded chance that he had, I think it was in the Colorado game, but it might have been the second Vegas game. They blur together a bit now. Where, like, they just, you know... He just powered through the opposition, like absolutely powered through them. And it was it was just incredible to watch. And so he's definitely been kind of, for me, the silver lining for the whole Canucks season so far has been Pedersen's play. And then Kuzmenko as well, the chemistry that the two of them have. And he has also been very exciting to watch. So that's kind of all I have to say. I mean, the la- game last night was awful, but it felt exactly like it was they came off a road trip and they had a, a let up. So. Yeah, I mean, there's the goalie non-controversy controversy as well, but I feel like we're just waiting for Demko to kind of get on a roll here. But Yeah, I mean, I feel like if we had Demko playing to his elite level, the Canucks would probably be a playoff team despite all their defensive woes and mishaps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Martin's been okay. Like, he, his numbers aren't great, but he's been good enough to get some wins. Yeah, uh, he seems to get all the goal support. And they were talking about that on the broadcast last night because, like, his numbers and Demko's numbers are actually quite similar. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that he has quite a lot more wins, <laughs> um, which is interesting. But, you know, it could be the team playing for their backup. And it's good to see because that didn't happen for the Canucks for, like, the last, like, three or four years. Yeah, he's got the second most goal support for in the league i can't remember what first but yeah he is like they score like four point something goals a game when he's in that yeah um so yeah the la game was good like it it was what you'd expect with those two teams it was like 
two non-fast teams and the Canucks just played better. The LA game, like shame on, or not LA, the first Vegas game, shame on me because when they scored those two goals in the third and went up 4-2, like I was feeling good and pumped and I was like, (laughs) they got this. And that was like the biggest example of the panic and the wheels coming off that I've seen all season. Like we've seen it a lot, but like in such a condensed time period, it was just like the structure went out the window. Everyone (laughs) was scrambling, like no one was holding their positions and once LA or Vegas again, sorry, um, scored their third goal, it was like, okay, when's the fourth one? And then when's the fifth one? And then they got the fifth one called back, and it was like, yeah. well, it doesn't really matter because they're yeah. gonna anyway. It was very similar, honestly, to the the season opener for the Canucks, like in the sense that once that goal was called back, you would hope that it would have given them a bit of life or like, okay, maybe we should wake up and no, like nothing at all. It was just like immediate. And yeah, Vegas really only had to play, like, talk about playing a complete game. It was almost like Vegas knew they only had to show up for 10 minutes or something and they were going to win. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was good for them to move on from that and get big wins in Colorado and Vegas, the second game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you could say how much more structured they looked, but it was just like, positionally i guess they were kind of holding their thing and not scrambling so much i, I don't know how to describe it they're so uh so it's been such a roller coaster of what we see on the ice they're on ice product really yeah <laughs> but i mean i'm thankful i missed last night's game as you know uh we had a power outage so i missed it but um, yeah you didn't miss much <laughs> no yeah i'm fine with that a couple goals for ovi i'm good happy for him yeah uh, Washington, like right away in that game and within the first two minutes, just looked so much quicker than the Canucks. And I don't think Washington overall is a particularly fast team, but to me, that was like the most noticeable thing. And I was like, oh, this might not be a good night tonight. And then it wasn't. Sometimes I think that, and then the Canucks outscore their problems. So, you know, but yeah. And I mean, the only other thing I can say about the Canucks that has been positive is that, yeah, like Ethan Bear has been playing very well for them. Um, I think maybe even better than they expected him to play. And mm. that has allowed for some stability on the defense. Um, Burroughs has also filled in like for a sixth defenseman. He's looked definitely better than Stillman. And I think that that kind of overall has allowed for the Canucks to actually win some games here. So mm. we'll see how, how that continues because their defense is definitely a work in progress. But over the past few games, it's been better. Mm-hmm. not last night but overall <laughs> overall it's it's looked more more like an nhl defense yeah and i mean aside from the results in the last week or so since we last talked um there's been a little bit of canucks news in the sense that pod colson and rathbone got sent down yeah i guess you know probably in pod colson's circumstance to regain some confidence and rathbone's circumstances probably just to get him some minutes of hockey yep hopefully that works out like it's disappointing as a Canucks fan that they both went down but if they feel like they're not the best players available that's their thing I guess yeah I'm definitely more disappointed in Pod Colson than Rathbone like I, I still don't know what Rathbone is which I think the Canucks don't either like it's obvious that Boudreaux doesn't have faith in him to put him out there so if he's not going to play up here, get him minutes down there because at the very least he can be a trade chip for you mm-hmm. um, to some degree. 
but for his development, right? Like he 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 needs to play. Pod Colson is more puzzling to me. I'm more conflicted about it because I do feel like like he hasn't been the problem with the Canucks. And I think he could probably play in this lineup. But he needs to be like it's for the Canucks. I, I, he actually is the type of player he doesn't need to be in your top six. He's the kind of player you could play him on your fourth or your third line. I don't think it's gonna like developmentally <laughs> damage him too much um, because he can play both kind of styles of the game. And I think the reason why Pug Colson being sent down is much more of a letdown than Rathbone is because there was so much hype about him in mm-hmm. the off season coming into the. To this new season, it was all like, oh, yeah, he's the hardest working player and he's so good on the puck and we just love playing with him and all this stuff. So I was really hoping that he would take a step forward, but he hasn't. In fact, he probably has taken a bit of a step back. But again, has he or just has he not been given opportunities to play? I don't know. Because yeah, no, at the beginning of the year, he was on that line with Pedersen and Kuzmenko yeah. for a few games. and But that was when Mikheyev was hurt. Yeah, and and like you said, like, the the chemistry with Kuzmenko and Patterson has been pretty obvious, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things that as a young Russian, he's just felt too comfortable with now with Kuzmenko and, and, and <laughs> McKevin. Yeah, know? they want to scare him a little bit. Well, I don't know. You know, you never know. Like on paper, it's like, are you bringing more Russians? It's probably good for him, but maybe yeah. it's added a little bit too much comfort for him. And he's the little things. I don't know. Yeah. So, other than that, uh, the Canucks announced probably like half an hour ago, and I'm interested to hear your take on it because I'm a little bit disappointed, but they're going to induct Luongo into their ring of honor. Yeah. Which my take is I would have thought they would have retired his number, but yes. I, I bet you the fan base is probably pretty split on this. So I'm kind of a, the opposite point of view, and it's only because – the Canucks, I think, have retired too many numbers as an organization in general. To me, like, like I, I love Trevor Linden. He's my favorite player of all time. But I think you can make the argument that there's only two players' numbers who need to be retired in Canucks history, and those are Henrik and Danny. And I think the rest of them are – they were good players. Like, maybe Burry. Like, maybe, and that's because of who he yeah, was. I was going to argue the point that Burry, because he was like yeah. – he's probably the only real individual superstar they've had because like the Sedins were but they were a a combo pack yeah and And then like yeah Lyndon, Naslin, Smeo like they're all good they're all great players in their own right but I don't think you need to retire their numbers and Luongo I feel like if those numbers weren't retired I'd be like yeah retire his number he 100% deserves it he's been like he's the greatest goalie we've had in Canucks history and I, I do love him as a player but I think because of that I'm happy that it's ring of honor and not a jersey retirement so I'm kind of conflicted on myself I'm sure internally there was too much debate and conflict about retiring Kirk McQueen's number to somebody else as well yeah sure you know even though like he's kind of a, a smeal type guy, like you, you are not going to retire his number, no. but because in this market, he's such like an icon yep. that it'd be weird, you know? So that yeah. probably had a big factor in it. For so, sure. Regardless, the Canucks are honoring a guy that deserves to be honored. So yep. that's cool. I'm surprised it took them this long to put him in the ring of honor, to be honest, but it's a Burry thing, right? They didn't yeah. retire Burry's number until he went to the hall of fame. Yeah. And now that Longo's in the hall of fame, they're like, Oh, we got to <laughs> 
you know we should do something about that yeah yeah anyway so moving on from canucks news there's just a few small housekeeping items to take care of um i guess the first one that comes to mind is the rupe hints con- uh, contract because it directly indirectly affects the Canucks yeah because he's a centerman I believe and yeah. he got the extension of eight it seems like the typical eight by eight something yeah um, the, the younger guys are getting and I don't know how many years younger he is than Bo like one or two I think no he's quite a bit I think I think he's 24 or something is he okay yeah let me look so it's going to affect the Bo Horvat contract regardless in a way that I think the market and the fan base understands, but I don't think the organization was willing to buy into. So he's 26. So he's closer than I thought. Yeah. I thought he was only a year or two younger. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean he's the... a... <laughs> sorry. I, I was going to say he's earned it. Like he's been the top, top centerman for Dallas for a couple of years now. He's taken that role from Sagan or whoever it was. Yeah. Um, no, I think that he he deserves that money specifically when you look at the contracts in the NHL, the way it's going for centers. Like, that is first-line center money. Mm-hmm. The argument with Bo that the Canucks will make is he's not your first-line center, right? It's going to, like, it's going to be Pedersen eventually. Whatever way it comes to it, it will be him. But he's playing like a first-line center, <laughs> and yeah. he's scoring a ton of goals, <laughs> which are also worth more than points. So... I really don't know what's going to happen with Bo. I have this, like, again, I have a fear that they're going to, and it's a fear just because, again, it's so conflicted because I really like the player, but I do have this fear that they're going to resign him and they're going to keep everything the same. And I just, I don't think you can do it. I think they got to change something. And when you talk about culture in the room and all that stuff, I don't think it's magically fixed right now. I think the problems are still there. And yeah, so we'll see. There's ways you can create money, and I, I know that. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. As a betting man, I would now put my money on they re-sign Bo yeah. in a, in a no-one-saw-it-coming type move, just like they did with Miller. Miller yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's what most people are kind of thinking now. But we'll see. And then, I mean, obviously, the other one is the Kuzmenko thing. Um, but when I was listening to the radio this morning – what they were talking about was, you know, when they signed Kuzmenko, they probably had discussions like, if you score 20 goals, we'll give you, like, this much money for your next contract kind of thing. If you score 30, it'll be this. So, hopefully, it's not that they haven't done any work on it and that if he has a crazy season, which he's a point per, he's a point per game player right now, he'll probably slow down a bit. Mm-hmm. But he is having a really good year. Like, I think offensively, they've said he's on a better pace than Kaprizov and Panarin were in their first years. But obviously, he's older. He's not the same. He does not dominate the game to the same degree that those two players do. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's throwing in another little wrinkle into the Canucks uh, offseason plans. So, yeah. Well, or maybe a trade ship. You never know. It might end up being a trade ship for sure. Um, but. It was free money, right, essentially, or, like, free playing cards, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, so that was quite the segue we took from the Hints contract, but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all relative. Um, and then we'll quickly just say 
hoping the best for Chris Letang and yeah. uh, his health moving forward. This is his second stroke he's had in eight years. It's been a long time since the last one, but the last one did set him out two months and it makes you wonder now that he's eight years older, um, how much effect it's going to have on him as a person as well as a, a player. So hoping yeah, for the best. So hopefully he just re-signed a new contract. So hopefully he can come back and play some more hockey. Yeah. No, it's scary situation. Wishing him the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, final note, I think. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you wanted to ramble about the Seattle Kraken because they're your new favorite team. They're not my new favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they are starting to get into a position where I don't think we cannot talk about them. Right now, they're second in the Pacific, which is a garbage division, but um, <laughs> they are there. They have 31 points on the year, so for perspective vegas has 35 and they've played two more games there you go they're right there with vegas essentially and they're beating teams like they're not just beating shitty teams they're beating decent teams too the game last night was insane it was like nine eight um (laughs) over la (laughs) and la obviously has its problems too but i don't know is this team good is this a reverse Vegas effect? Like the second year now they're good? And hey. Sorry. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's the hard. Anaheim thing from last season where they overachieve in the first half and then, you know, they come back down to reality in the second. Oh, I totally in myself believe it's the latter of those two. Yeah. Because I mean, we all know Benier is gonna be good and like he's he's doing pretty good this year, but like I I don't believe that Martin Jones and Bjorkstrand and Burakovsky all of a sudden made them like this world beater type hockey team. Because yeah. really, they haven't changed all that much. No. So, I don't know. I feel like it is one of those classic teams that will fall back down. Um, I would still be surprised if they're a playoff team, but, you know, starting the season this strong puts them in a good position. It does, right? Like it's easier. It's definitely easier to maintain than it is to crawl back in, which we know is being Canucks fan. But I mean, like Edmonton right now, twenty-four points in twenty-two games. Calgary, twenty-three in twenty-two games, and yeah, like Seattle's basically ten points ahead of them in the same amount of games played, which Mm -hmm. is pretty crazy. Uh, It is, and and I think you could say that Calgary and Edmonton are equally as surprising where they are compared to Seattle where they are. You know, like, I think we knew that Edmonton spending money on a questionable goalie rather than doing anything with their defense was probably not the best move, but I don't think anyone would have predicted this is where they would be. And Calgary, you know, I think most people probably thought they would be a little bit worse. But, um, man. The thing about Calgary, right, is they've got so many new players. I still feel like I have more faith in them turning it around than I do in Edmonton only because like Huber is gonna start putting up points he's gonna start doing it more than he has he has some crazy amount of no points right now Mm -hmm. they're gonna start finding chemistry they basically got rid of their top line right um Markstrom is gonna play better he's been all right he hasn't been great I think that they'll figure it out in the same way that I think, yes, Seattle is going to slide back a bit. Edmonton, I find questionable because, as you say, <laughs> like it's about either Jack Campbell turning it around or them finding secondary scoring, essentially, which, yeah, has been their problem for years. 
Mm-hmm. And their defense is still their defense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my only thing is, is I no longer believe in Jacob Markstrom. No. I don't know what it is after that last playoff series against Edmonton last year. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like maybe it's age or I, I don't know what it is, but he does not seem like the same goaltender. Like, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near Vezina conversation this year. No. Yeah. Even like, And the way that the offseason went where they already had a really strong defense core and a defensive coach, and then they added Uyghur, like it seemed like he was going to be totally insulated. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's like you said, he's not been great. And I mean, yeah, the only other team I could quickly ramble about for two seconds in the, the central, which would be similar to how I feel about Seattle, but a little bit stronger, is Winnipeg. Because mm. they're right now second. Second in the central, they're ahead of Colorado, which is surprising. And Hellebuck is probably your odds-on right now favorite for Vesna, which is pretty crazy. Um, I mean, it's not crazy because he's won it before, but he's having a background season, bounce back season. They're having a bounce back season. I don't think many people predicted them to be start the year this well as as well. So mm. they had all the bones. Like I feel like last year, a lot of people predicted them to be very good, if not like. Canada's best chance at winning the cup and then they had an awful year last year yeah and and coming back this year like what like realistically they didn't really that like they got a new coach but they didn't uh, do anything yeah no they didn't do anything and and I, I believe much more in them than I do with Seattle me too totally I agree with everything you just said it's just yeah it's, it's funny <laughs> it is it's is totally interesting yeah you never know you never know the season unfolds in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all I got. You? I think that's everything. Just wanted a quick catch up. Yeah. No, yeah. it's good. It's been a quick. It feels like it wasn't that long ago that we talked, but it's been a quick five Canucks games. So yeah. Um, they play again tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah. So they play tomorrow against Florida, and then Arizona on Saturday, and then I'm actually gonna be at the game against Montreal. So. Ooh, you gonna wear your Habs sweater? No, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure there'll be lots of Habs fans around me. So uh, there always is. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right. Well, we'll talk after your game, hopefully. Yeah. Um. And hopefully they got three more wins in the win column. Florida will be tough. Yeah. Uh, I believe that they could take Arizona and Montreal, but you never know. Yeah, it's the Canucks. It's always a, a roller coaster. So these are all home games. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, that's it for us. That's Laura and I'm Keith and we will be back next time for episode 95. But in the meantime, this was episode 94 of Hockey Talk on the Rock.